To celebrate Marketplace's 35th anniversary, we made some throwback thank you gifts you can get when you donate during this March fundraiser. We took our old .com era logo and put it on a sticker, a glass mug, a tote bag, and a t-shirt. No matter how you donate, you can get a fun piece of Marketplace history. Check them out at marketplace.org slash give tech. These limited edition gifts are only available through March 22nd. Get yours at marketplace.org slash give tech. Hey, it's Lily Jamali. Marketplace Tech has a new limited series out on YouTube called Decoding Democracy. With rapid advancements in new technology like AI, disinformation efforts are more convincing and more misleading than ever. So we'll be discussing how to spot things like deep fakes, how to protect yourself from disinformation, and how to talk to your friends and family about it. As always, this fact-based journalism and vital information will be free and accessible to all. As a public service newsroom, donations for from you help us take on ambitious reporting projects like this one. Every single gift makes a difference. Go to marketplace.org slash give tech. Code work and code switching across the techno borderlands. From American Public Media, this is Marketplace Tech. I'm Lily Jamali. Every tech company needs a good origin story. The startup garage, the dorm room, and the hacker house are firmly embedded in American tech mythology. For hacker entrepreneurs in Mexico, the border with the U.S. looms large. A subset of them hope to one day cross it and pitch their big idea to venture capitalists in Silicon Valley. One way there is to work the hackathon circuit in Mexico. That's the subject of MIT anthropologist Hector Beltran's new book, Codework, which comes out today. He details how participation in hackathons holds currency for coders, but also for Mexican politicians. The events are frequently sponsored by the government with big promises of funding and support. But the prize all too often is a handshake and photo op with a public official and maybe a thank you letter, but no real investment. And as these new campaigns, new politicians emerge, the entrepreneurs and these hacker entrepreneurs emerged as these ideal subjects to work with who could take matters into their own hands and resolve some of these issues. So they wanted to be close to the young, to the new, but also to these you know, self-conscious uh, younger folks who were apparently solving some of the issues. You know, They were being pressure to solve themselves from the perspective of the state. You really place us inside of these events, these hackathons in Mexico, and it's clear that there are distinct cultures at various ones. Some look a lot like what you might find in Silicon Valley. Others adopt what you call radical leftist discourse and imagery, including Zapatista posters. Were you surprised to find almost a, a disdain for Silicon Valley at some of the hackathons that you attended? Yeah, it's interesting. So I'd show up in these more open source leaning groups who, you know, were more inclined to think with leftist politics, uh, Zapatista politics in general, and just sort of think from below in different ways. But then I thought, wait a minute, I'm an anthropologist. I can't just tell one side of the story. There's also these hackathons sponsored by Google and other, you know, big companies. I need to go check out how people are thinking of hacking there. 
So I started going to those as well. So it was this moment when I saw that young people were also traversing these seemingly contradictory spaces. Like, why are they doing this? What are they getting out of it? What does it tell us about the contemporary moment that perhaps you have to cross these political, social, cultural um, divides to think more critically or to even, you know, gain value in what you're doing with, with your work? And as you describe it in the book, um, there's some code switching involved in toggling between these different worlds. Yeah, code switching in many respects, right? So not just language. So one thing about thinking from um, thinking about Silicon Valley hacking entrepreneurship from Mexico, the first part is thinking of it as you know Mexico as people from a broader global south trying to break into cultures of. Uh, hacking and entrepreneurship, receiving recognition, having people value their interventions. So one of the concepts um, in anthropology of hacking is that the global South might be wanting to break into these global cultures of computing, whereas global North people are, you know, might be trying to break out of what they see as limitations. So it's interesting to think about different ways to approach hacking and entrepreneurship. But another thing specifically with Mexico is the proximity with the U.S. And some of these people, you know, there's there's different code workers here, different privileges, but some of them were able to participate in some of the events in Silicon Valley and cross, you know, the physical border back and forth to um, experience cultures themselves from different angles. And there was code switching in terms of language, culture, this type of thing but also how they presented their selves, you know, to investors, to people in the more radical worlds, to people in the tech startup worlds. Uh, so there's this play with um, performances of your hacker entrepreneur self across these very different spaces that I really tried to get at, at this book and, and why it's important to think about this code switching. Yeah. And sticking with that theme, one person you describe in the book who really stuck with me is Havo, a coder who he comes up with an app that uses Twitter to fight political corruption in Mexico. He's one of those who ends up winning a coveted trip to Silicon Valley to pitch. And he pivots his entire project when he's there to something that looks more like Uber Eats. So as you describe it, from politics to pizza delivery, um, what should we take away from that pivot that Havo makes and why he feels compelled to make it? Yeah, so it's interesting. This is one of the more challenging parts of my research um, in terms of giving credit for the work being done, uh, perhaps seeing some more critical aspects of the work than perhaps the uh, research participants do, but thinking about just a different ways we enter these worlds, both the hacking worlds and the techno-entrepreneurship worlds. So as you mentioned, you know, this app receives largest investments from Silicon Valley. It's, it starts as this project in Mexico to combat voter fraud. But one of the things they say as well, para tener impacto necesitas feria. You know, there's coming from the global south, you need money and resources to make some of these projects work. So very smart kids or very smart young people who traveled to Silicon Valley, receive investments for pivoting their framework to deliver pizzas on, on a Twitter platform, right? 
So they follow the market. You know, there's no market perhaps in uh, combating voter fraud, but there's a market in food delivery. And they were all about their technology. So they started thinking of ways um, for people to communicate without uh, internet access, which is a very common problem in, um, you know, parts of the world that aren't in the global north where we're so used to just being connected. And they saw this as a possibility as well. And once they started developing these lower layers of what I call, or, or what is the computing stack, sort of thinking at the layer of the actors, thinking about, you know, devices actually communicating, they started really working on mesh networking and trying to sell this technology instead of their app. Um, eventually, it pivoted into this app for people communicating uh, where they might not have internet connection. So using, you know, device to device mesh networking to communicate. And they saw that, hey, this is a way to also gain more users, which is another thing you're taught. Maybe if you don't know how to make money off of this, just get a lot of users and eventually it'll come. And they saw that this was being used all of a sudden uh, by protesters in different parts of the world. So in this pivoting, you know, from the lean startup methodology, from the tech startup world, eventually comes back to politics in an unexpected way. It's an interesting story to think with um, in terms of how all of these different inequalities and um, angles come together. We'll be right back with more on Code Work, the new book by Hector Beltran. You're listening to Marketplace Tech. I'm Lily Jamali. We're back with MIT anthropologist Hector Beltran. So if coders are feeling disenchanted with almost having to perform a certain role, why do you think they feel compelled to keep participating? You know, coding teaches you to think, teaches you to think across layers of abstraction. But also there's this kind of magical aspect to coding that there's something behind the scenes, right? If you put an interface for another coder to interact with, uh, you're keeping part of it to yourself, perhaps. So there's this, I want to say, magical also uh, element to coding where you hide parts of a system, parts of yourself, you know, to different investors, to different entities. That's what's attractive to, to many people that get into the code worlds, uh, I want to argue. Yeah. So in the book, you acknowledge the support you received from your parents and from your chaparitas throughout your academic journey. How do you connect with Code Work, the book, on a personal level? So it's a book about technology, computing, um, techno entrepreneurship, Silicon Valley, my own intervention as someone who gets to move between these spaces, as someone who's valued as an MIT programmer, you know, because that's where I went and thinking about these dimensions of difference. Ultimately, it's about difference. Thinking about Silicon Valley from Mexico, also from a Chicano Latino perspective, because as I show throughout the book, there's these connections, tensions, intersections between the Latino community in the US, the Latin American community, the Mexican community. You know, how do they come together? What are the tensions? Techno borderlands is ultimately about these disconnections, connections, and what it means to think from below or from the South, not only the global South, but from these previously undervalued or subjugated knowledges, you know, thinking from the social sciences. Hector Beltran is the author of the new book, Code Work, out today. 
Jesus Alvarado produced this episode. I'm Lily Dramali, and that's Marketplace Tech. This is APM. We all want to be our best selves, but it can be an expensive journey. From experimenting with alternative medicine. I was working with a natural, holistic nutritionist and never really thought about the cost. To splurging on fast fashion. I'm spending like all my tips. I was definitely spending like $200 a week. I'm Rima Hreis, host of Marketplace's This Is Uncomfortable. This season, we explore the cost of self-care and the real motivations behind our spending choices. Listen to This Is Uncomfortable wherever you get your podcasts.